0: How does a poet build and strengthen neighborhoods and communities? Today, we're exploring placemaking and strategic thinking with Rubinger Fellow, Dasha Kelly Hamilton, who divides her time between Milwaukee and Anchorage. You're watching Inspiration and Adaptation, Bunnell's video videocast, and I'm Asia Freeman. I was raised on Denima land, where Bunnell Street Art Center stands. Our mission is to spark artistic inquiry, innovation, and equity to strengthen the physical, social, and economic fabric of Alaska. On Alternate Fridays, we share conversations about artist-led creative adaptations at work today. This program is supported by the Helen Walker Performing Arts Fund, a program of Alaska Arts and Culture Foundation. The program is administered by Alaska State Council on the Arts. Dasha Kelly Hamilton is a writer, performance artist, and creative change agent, applying the creative process to facilitate dialogues around human and social wellness. She is the author of two novels, three poetry collections, four spoken word albums, and one collection of personal vignettes. She has taught at colleges, conferences, and classrooms, and curated fellowships for emerging leaders. An arts envoy for the U.S. Embassy, Dasha has facilitated community building initiatives in Botswana, Toronto, Mauritius, and Beirut. Her touring production, Make and Cake, uniquely engages communities in a forward dialogue on race, class, and equity. Dasha is a National Rubinger Fellow and concurrently poet laureate for the city of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin. Welcome,
1: Dasha. Um, the last one I'm going to share is what was included in the invitation. Um, i just like to layer my voice on it so when you pin to your wall and tell people where you were today, you can hear me saying it to you. Mm-hmm. Life in motion. I see you trying to snip yourself free from the clash of fabric patterns outside the outline of your fierce and stunning soul. Coast be not ocean, edge be not your end. I smell the salt water in your conversation, a slow leak of truth from the corners of your grin. I see you, fumbling to wrap yourself in the wind, but I know a costume when I see one. You carve your journey through fire, blaze ash compacted in your chest, footsteps forged into scorched earth, rising like breaths of sage. Glancing backwards will still be an inclination. Forward is your instinct. I see you hobbling together a truth of your own, reconsidering the broken pieces, polishing the gemstones in your scars. You are incomplete and you are the universe. You are an ever evolution. Ever evolution. You are. Thank you.
0: Welcome, gotcha. curtsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was a piece you read at the inauguration.
1: Yes, that's a piece that I read when I became the Milwaukee Poet Laureate, and it was a piece that's one of my. You have these favorites at the time with the favorite outfit when you just get it and you put it together and you get the earrings just so. So it was definitely in that moment excited to be able to share this idea of we're all in this together and this life that you're trying to make sense of that is the life is making sense of it and sometimes the making sense of it part feels like somehow we've done it wrong. So it's just celebrating that this is the process of being fully alive. And to be able to share that piece as the new Poet Laureate for the City was precisely what I wanted this opportunity, this gift of poetry to do, just remind us this is our process for being alive.
0: Wow, that's so beautiful.
1: um,
0: You're working on so many levels. It's, um, it's, it's sometimes really it, you're like a like a meteor and um, as a poet, you bring so much energy and um, inspiration to the communities where you work. Can, can we orient ourselves by um, learning about how you as a poet came to be involved in placemaking, how you came to be passionate about leading initiatives for shaping communities?
1: Definitely. What's interesting is with, with the idea of placemaking, I didn't know that's what I, what, I didn't know what it was called. I didn't know that's what it was. Mm -hmm. It was kind of looking into an event or a space or a room of people or what's possible. Right. So my favorite word is if, so so many things can happen when you start with, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, it'd be really dope if we if they if 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 and I've been the type of I have the type of personality where you just follow those threads of if until you can't follow them no more um in spite of people insisting that these ifs can't connect. So initially if I go back to what would have been my my in my entry into doing placemaking work, um goodness gracious i give myself permission to realize it's how i've always thought i don't really know where to start but i'll go with being able to do start an open mic and the open mic started 21 years ago and it was one of the first things that um i owned a was co-owner of a bar so it was one of the first things we put on the calendar for the week we're gonna have a ladies night and a a this night and we're gonna have an open mic night a poetry night and as an open mic evolved, you had all the pieces that you would expect. Poets, a mic, then um, we had the DJ, and it's getting features, and we have slams that are coming. But then it was also realizing that, huh, there are poets that come to this event every week who love to scribble, who are really shy. And it's because the idea of stepping up with, against other larger voices, or people who are coming up with a new poem every week, or that have this explosive personality or performance, doesn't make that poem less of a poem or less of a necessary story that should be public. So paying attention to the dynamics of this open mic created a hometown hometown, uh, showcase. So for the people who were really focused on their writing but weren't necessarily trying to go on tour, when we had people in town that were on tour, how about we have you read your whole three shiny poems to open up for this artist and what that created in terms of recognizing the... the, scale and the breadth of all the art that was in the room. We had a night where we showcased the people who were never going to read. We turned it, we created this um, slam bingo. So that's a way for the people who come every week and they listen. You can't have an open mic and there aren't people there who are listening. So how do we celebrate the listeners? So come up with an event that became an annual event, you know, to celebrate the folks who are listening. And then you get a request from a teacher, which becomes how do we do something for the kids who can? And what would be cool if, if, if 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 so and at some point all of those ifs there are only so many hours of the day there's so many days in the week and then you are doing a bunch of stuff that's great and it's cool and it's exciting and it's a bunch of stuff that in and of themselves these moments these events these initiatives all are meaningful the people who are are who does who need them need them for reasons that are important and they all should happen, and there are only so many hours, <laughs> and there are only so many days. And so then you kind of sit back, and I also have a background in marketing and PR, and you begin to appreciate the experiences that you've had that, again, going back to transferable skills, you go, huh this conversation I'm having with poets, I'm leaning into the conversations I've had with clients about message strategy. So this meeting I'm in about message strategy, I'm leaning into the classroom work I've done with third graders on how we're gonna get everyone to appreciate that we all have different ideas. It doesn't make our ideas better or worse. We have to take the best parts of all our ideas and make one good idea to get, it all comes together. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to respond to those invitations um to do the core of that work and then i turn out it's it's been it had a name it was public it was creative placemaking it had a thing it was cultural organizing it has a a pedagogy even it's what is it now emergent strategy and it's this understanding of of what if can do of of the power of if it leads you to Consider all the voices, it gives you the chance to diversify how you present a possible answer. It reminds you you don't really have an answer then that 's not the goal anyway. The goal is getting humans together turns out to um, so i i I found out that being intentional at every piece at every moment, which is how as a planner, as an organizer, as a wordsmith. What makes poetry work is obsessing over one word or another in a way that's even more focused than than we are as fiction writers, as prose writers, as prose writers. So, in this moment in conversation with you, just to celebrate that, that's just showing up in all the ways that I get to move, you know, from my writing to how I work in community to um, what's excites me about projects like, the creative placemaking work exciting projects like the Laureate projects, where there are all these ifs that get stitched together in a really, really um, dynamic way. So
0: there there must be something about um, poetry, an intrinsic um, way in which you write and teach poetry that works um, naturally for you in terms of inspiring or inciting responses to imagining a better place or imagining how each person could share and lean into building or co-creating a sense of place that is at the heart of creative placemaking that Mm -hmm. um generative participatory kind of buy-in of everyone I'd love to hear about some projects that you're up to I know Mm -hmm. you've been so busy Um, Shared a couple recent um, little movies with me, um, and that I that I think would be fascinating to look at um, sure. with others. Maybe um, maybe we could start with your um, project that you're doing as a Ruben's fellow. You described it as a neighborhood creatives and residents.
1: Yes. So to set this up. Um, Mm -hmm. To set this up, you know, mentioning I'm here at tables, I'm a poet, I'm a a fiction writer, I'm a performer, and I'm in a conversation about the future of downtown. Okay. But I'm also a resident, and I'm also a strategic thinker, and I'm also all of these things. And as 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 much as I celebrate all of the things about me that are wonderful and fabulous, I know other wonderful and fabulous creatives who also could, would, should be at these tables. And similar to where still you know the my nonprofit started in my in the heart was I'm being invited to come to these classrooms and I know other adult poets who could certainly use this time use this um, invitation let's just get them ready so that they don't show up and disappoint the teachers so similarly how do how how can other creatives show up at this table because a real moment is we want to be at the table, but we can't come to the meetings at two o'clock in the afternoon, necessarily. So some of those things that plague community engagement with the community as long as they can come downtown to their corporate offices, you know, before 530, when community usually isn't available. And how do you make this initiative um, of value to everyone and not, more con not less convenient to community so these are so artists are can often be a part of that so having an opportunity for art so back up what i was going to say about the real talk moment is as an artist as a creative that this is my livelihood i also would love to be able to be compensated for the time i'm taking out of my busy day Um, And not just me, Dasha, but just any artist that we ask, any person that we ask, how do we change, how do we shift the way that we lean into community where it's not always so extractive? Um, And artists and creatives can be a part of that role. Um, Often, many times not often we can be invited to come and sing the songs, bit the poem, make the mural, make the pretty thing after all of the work has been done. And as an artist, yes. As a creative, I, me, and other people who think and create, who lean into their creative thinking, could have had a lot to offer during the working and the strategic planning and the initial outreach before we got to the ribbon cutting day. Mm-hmm. And in working with some creatives, find if we're not one of you don't have. A, I have a marketing background, so I come in, I lean in, I have that at the table also. Uh, but as a So how do we prepare other creatives to be able to sit at that table Um, who were interested in doing this kind of work who were interested in being a part of the conversations before the grand opening and the unveiling and the the celebration which is a call really for artists in this project we um, invited practitioners from across the country to come in and we did a symposium um, called creative exponential and the invitation was as creatives you can get you can scout exponent you can exponentially increase invoices in the work that you're doing and it's not a call for all artists you know I've spoken with some visual artists and I said I just want to do my art I don't want to cure the world I don't necessarily want to have to have to um, tax my process just to be able to be able to make my art which I appreciate and I understand um, So we have practitioners come in who are doing placemaking projects, who um, are organizers in a traditional sense. We had a neighborhood um, leader come in from Baltimore, for example, who who asked the question, so why why should I be excited, me and my neighbors, why should we be excited that you and your university and your art institution are here with your little project? Why should we be excited because you're excited? And that it often can be the experiences that neighborhoods have, because the university has a research project, because some artist has a great sculpture idea, because someone with someone outside of the, the folks who live here had a great idea on behalf of the people who lived who live here, with all the best of intentions, with the, what can be an incredible idea and there's a way to invite yourself and your great idea into someone else's neighborhood into someone else's institution into someone else's nonprofit mission and we all know that institutions and agencies don't always do it well not for being malicious just they're always there are such things as best practices for a reason so how to give these creatives these best practices how to invite this conversation and how to introduce this as a whole new line of an open line of work not new but the same way i'd realize that i've been doing it all along and then you start to activate and in project ideas with a different um i guess it's in a different strategy possible strategy so 12 people or 11 people submit ideas after having this symposium of, of a community engagements con- tied with organizing, tied with justice work, tied with creative solutions from residencies and um, fellowships and, um, and place making projects. They were each given a coach they were each given funding they were each given resources um, community physical contact and otherwise to activate this one idea around re-entry fatherhood early child development um, water food deserts generations and i'm forgetting another one and so at the end of this we had these uh, institutional partners that were able to give content information, be supportive. They attended these these showcase presentations that all the creatives did at the end of their events. And all of the institutions were this was incredible, what they came up with. And we have no idea how to replicate this. We don't, how do we even tell this to our board? how do you how, how? So how to translate something that uh, an institute in an institutional way, there's a willingness and an understanding of the impact but how to how to how to make it a thing that a corporation say this is what it is what it does what it costs how it works so this year as a Rubinger fellow i'm one of 10 social entrepreneurs who've um, been supported in thinking through an initiative and so i've been in conversation with um Um, corporate folk and institutions and nonprofits on how to build a program where a company can say this is how I participate to make that happen again so this is a summary since we did the creative side this is what Mm -hmm. we figured out for the creatives and we're gonna work really hard to make this happen again
0: Mm. all right Particularly in Milwaukee, I think our neighborhoods are totally hungry for creative things to happen. It means they, they care about their community, and they care about cool and fun and interesting and cultural things happening.
1: So as an artist is one way to be a creative. Obviously you make a dance, you write a book, you compose a song. And we also know that creatives are chefs and graphic designers and architects and that mom who figured out how to get the baby to be quiet and the dad who, and turns out all of us are creatives. So. Moving that into how do we then change the conversation about what creators bring to a discussion, bring to a city, and then inviting them to think of a project. Think of a project that's relevant to a specific conversation. And expanded it to what are all of the things that all of us are impacted by. So it was water, fatherhood food access, the impact of stories, the impact of our generations, and how to interact with young children with brain building. So people submitted their ideas on one thing they would do to launch this one conversation in a neighborhood. I hope that this summer, I'm able to spend some time on porches, talking to people about life lessons that they've learned.
0: I think that we can harness this force of turbulence in talking with students to think about, you know, how do we interrupt the flow of what we see going on around us when that's something that we want to change. Mm -hmm. Mine is like seeing the place, the poetry is kind of like hearing the place, and the dance is like feeling the place.
1: I was really mindful about how to build this thing. Being able to give people the space, the resources, the coaching and encouragement, and the time to imagine a project that they would want that addresses a topic that they're interested in, that puts some money in their pocket for the skill set that they bring to a market was incredible. But what I remember most was my label project was very different than it is now it's like
0: family. Artists can be magical people with lots of ideas, but they also need support. And I think it does really take a team of people to really help ideas get from in your brain or on paper to reality.
1: I'm on board. (laughs) Part of how I approached the coaching was to really approach it like I was mentoring someone who wanted to do partnerships. And we knew that the creatives had a range of experience working with different neighborhoods.
0: It's you, Washington Park. You're the people of People's Park.
1: And I always thought Milwaukee was beautiful in its way, but I was able to see how beautiful it really was neighborhood by neighborhood. Everyone was so unique, but they all had a story to share, and it almost was as though they were waiting for the platform to be able to share it. I think what I'm most looking forward to was inspired by the wrap-up event where we talked about the impact on the neighborhoods through the perspective of the participants. So the creatives themselves brought different summaries to that event of how their work engaged the neighborhood and the impact that it began to have. I can't wait to see more of that. So ultimately I would love for people to just pause and reconsider the role that creativity plays like for people to pause and consider that creative person or that outright artist that's in their network and ask them their opinion about things. So these are people who happen to make things and they vote and we have families and we have preferences and we have some solutions. Having all of those perspectives at a table would like for people to consider how broad their resources are want people to look at folks that you already know, and then tilt your head the other way and imagine how else they are amazing. So this is reframing a lot of things, reframing neighborhoods, reframing a work path, reframing the role of creativity, and it's reframing relationships. If nothing else, I hope that people will consider those elements of this project, and then of course, just consider it as a project, it should be something that goes on forever.
0: your your Rubinger Fellowship enabled you to do the project, to document it this way, to build this documentation? Oh, you're muted. There you go. Dasha, are you muted?
1: I think you might be, sorry. Okay, yes, thank Thanks you. There. Okay. Pesky little button. Yes, Um. so this part of the partnership was done in partnership with the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. So I was able mm-hmm. to secure funding to, and to to launch this initiative, because a focus was for the creatives, again, and figuring out how do we, you know, if you know, if you know it's possible, and you're giving resources on how to do it, then the, the whole idea of teaching people how to fish and not just giving fish. Um, but then now it's a matter of creating a market, or um, I'm giving an opportunity to help create a market so these folks with these skills that they've already had but framed in a way where they have a different way how to market them. Um, So this year is working on building the institutional side. So loosely, um, it would be a company agrees that they want to have this kind of authentic outreach with the community. So the company then would become a partner. There'd be a company that would partner with one of these teams. And now together you have a creative, you have a corporate or nonprofit partner, you have a neighborhood partner and together these three are are working together to make up to come up with these ideas this event this initiative um led by a creative who now has gone through this training so i'm excited about this creating a cycle um and it's an all you know i've this as this aspirational fellowship of creatives so every year there'd be a new crew this coalition of creatives and neighborhoods and companies and this crew would have, I'm at the part of how we decide what their topics are. Um, Ideally, Mm -hmm. those would be sourced from conversations with the neighborhoods. So I'll working towards how how to, how to design the mechanisms so we can say, here y'all, here's how we do it again. If I close my eyes and I disappear and I don't plan on disappearing, but one of the goals with the fellowship was to make it into a guide so in partnership, other communities, other municipalities, other na- other neighborhoods, other cities could do a similar, if not the same project. So all of those pieces have to be thought through. Um, here's how to make this happen next. So it's in- it's really interesting to be at this part of work as a creative change agent. I imagine this would be where the mom and pop shop starts to think about franchising, you know, where it's, it's how to th- how to how to think to scale and moving away from, and it's been a year of transition. We've talked about this before, but it's more than it's a conversation of quitting smoking. And not that I smoke. It's more than a conversation Mm -hmm. of changing a thing that's so huge. So it's Mm -hmm. not for my hands to do. So thinking in scale um, and, and being able to work in scale, being able to actually imagine in scale, um takes a it's more than just plans turns out there's an emotional level there's a a, um, yeah there's a level there's a you're able to expand and expect and imagine and think more for someone whose favorite word is if it's interesting and it's telling and it's a reminder of how much real life can constrict your ability to dream big to live big um so we and, all have our.
0: And you don't let that stop you. I mean, I'm thinking about you. You actually came up in a, in a mom and pop kind of a family business situation, didn't you? I mean, yeah, tell so... us a little bit about that and what you learned from like your mother and your grandmother, because I know that's an amazing story.
1: Absolutely. Um, we my mother is the president of Malone's Fine Sausage, Glorious Malone's Fine Sausage. And Glorious Malone was my grandmother and my grandparents had a, a small corner store in the fifties and fifties and sixties. And part of the corner store was penny candy and um, milk. And uh, they had a little meat slicer. So you could also get some rag bologna and different slight different versions of cheeses. And she also, they had a recipe for hoghead cheese which is a Southern and German delicacy. And it's um, the leftover parts of the hoghead meat with spices ground up and it's a loaf. So oftentimes people can see in the delicate in the deli section and in many recipes use a gelatin. So there is not there often can be a, a less than favorable uh, mm-hmm. description of the product. But our family recipe has no gelatin. It's all natural, all meats and spices. And people would come by. Hey, my grandfather passed away. Miss Malone, I got my, got my people coming in from Alabama. Miss Malone, I got my folks coming up from Arkansas, Kenya. Can, can I make a can I buy a. And that become one of the products that they sold all the store. And then we got a visit from, as the story goes, two men in a suit from the federal government. And Miss Malone is, are you Miss Malone? Yes, yes, I am. She's a Spitfire five one. And Miss Malone, is this your product? Well, yes, it is. Well, you can't sell meat across state lines. People were coming up from Chicago to buy her meat and had it handed out on the on the taverns and some were reselling it at their stores. So she went through the process and became the first African-American woman certified by the USDA to be able to sell meat and to have a meat plant. And so she operated that through the 80s and through the 90s um she passed away and my mother took over the business her oldest daughter and has been running it now since and uh, malone's fine sausage uh hog head we now have pate we have our own rag baloney um watching my mother um advanced the company. So what my grandmother put into place we're selling this product in corner stores and grocery stores throughout the mid throughout wisconsin tri-state area some midwest my mother came and expanded it and now adding online we're in i believe there's a there's a malone's customer in all but three states she's very very much has her eye on alaska um and this has been a remarkable to be the child watching watching this growth and there's a absolutely without thinking about it there's an ethic of getting it done there's an ethic of yes you're going to be tired there's um there's an ethic of and also what can you what can you give also what can you give so i've the like any any person the messages and that are in your bones from being around women who from being around cousins who from being in a family that and then it shows up and you and you and you don't think about it. I have a girlfriend and he's like, why haven't why haven't we had more conversations about your family? Because it's, it's my family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and not as in terms of a secretive way, but it's 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 who and how they always are grandma. It was more of my grandmother and my cousins and aunties than it was this business and these products even though that's a huge yeah. part of our family you know it's it's part of our conversations at the holidays because it's part of part of our it's particularly my mo- you know my mother's all the time work and we are all involved in some tangential way if for no other reason you know it's our family so it just changes the you conversation
0: been, yeah i mean so it's like this entrepreneurial thing this black woman business-led you know expansion over generations And then there's this whole part that I'm thinking about in sort of a metaphorical level, which is the way the sausage literally gets made. It's the spices and the ingredients. It's like, it is, um, it is flavors and it's color and it's texture. And that's a kind of view that you bring in terms of like a a special kind of recipe as a chef. You use the metaphor of a chef often when you're talking about creativity, Mm -hmm. And, and it it really Um, translates beautifully into how you engage so many different people in um, in a community Um, I would love to to talk about another project Mm -hmm. um, 414 day in Milwaukee or Mm -hmm. Milwaukee day and what that experience was about of um, helping a city shape its vision forward
1: It was, I I love this video and I love the, how it all came together. I had a period, stop there. And particularly that this project came about because of relationships, right? So initially it was an invitation between Imagine MKE and downtown Milwaukee. So Imagine MKE is an advocacy group that, um, has formed after years of conversations and coalition building, and meetings, and, and symposiums and conferences, um, fundraising, all the all the possible meetings. To you have this outfit that is focused on one the health of the creative sector of our city, the the impact of the creative. Of community in our city and also all of the policy and legislature and money raising just shifting how the city works around creativity and so that's the obvious outreach and working with the arts groups that's also um, being quietly at the table in discussions around um, safety for women artists in the city and also the downtown association which can do all the things that, a, that an association would do in terms of a, of a business district and the downtown business district. That, but we had a chance to work on a project this summer when we thought the Democratic National Convention was coming to the city. Um, there was, and even though it came in a different form, I was impressed that the the, the downtown bid went forward with this installation project with myself and Dela Wells, who is a collage artist and whose work is so visceral and powerful Um, she actually has pieces that are also in the Smithsonian where she's telling the story and her voice is about the narrative of black women the impact of black women and again her collage style is it's gripping so they were looking at some of the work that she already has created and asked you know we wanted to commission me to create some pieces that Together tell the story of democracy. And initially it was a piece about the road to democracy. And in the invitation, we realized afterwards it was a typo. Because it was the road of democracy was the invitation. We get in the meeting, the road says, no, 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 don't change it. That actually is what gets me spinning, my mind spinning about what to write, because the road of democracy says what's true, that we don't know where we're going and we don't all agree on how to get there. And so wrote stanzas. So then it was a Seduco way of writing this poem that makes that statement in stanzas that were short enough that would fit on a light pole banner that would be paired with Della's work. So in 10 blocks throughout downtown, there were... I want. To and then a uh, uh, seven a lot of, of banners that that stress these ten blocks in our downtown region that talked about this is what the this is what the conversation we need to be we need to have uh, that, that democracy actually is uh, much to be proud of, much to celebrate and still so much work to do with these vivid these vibrant images next to next to them so that Im- that installation is still up um, it was up through the end of the year. And to work with the downtown bid again, the ask was, we need a video, 414 day is coming. The Milwaukee area code is 414. So April 14th is 414 day, Milwaukee day. And these two institutions that i have done these projects that have been really thoughtful in the past, wanted me to be thoughtful again on a piece that doesn't just celebrate the day. Um, everyone knows that I have a, a, not a love-hate relationship with my city, but I expect so much. So I'm a I'm that I'm that teacher, that favorite aunt that's gonna remind the city to stand up straight, that's gonna tell the city to stop scuffling its shoes, to tell the city to take ownership for that, that's me. Um and it's taken a minute for it to for me to realize that it's more love in there than 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 frustration, but frustration just the same. So I appreciate that they honor that, my relationship with the city that we can talk about. And even with that, here's what we went through together. And even in that, here's what we know about what we are what we are capable of. And especially because of that, we know that we have what it takes to get through whatever's coming. If we can admit that we don't know what's coming, but admit that we have what it takes to get to meet it. So that's what this poem is, a, a, a new day, a 414 day. Wow. Hmm. Share where to start it without you. Awakens the skin Anticipation awakens the skin Vibrates the air with promise Like a distant song arching its encore above the trees Above rooftop patios Into our playgrounds, alleyways, and cafes Where summer festivals, hugs, and handshakes planted into memories like mustard seeds. While our timeline sprouted memorials, movements, viral dance videos, and pandemic disease. we will emerge from under this shroud each of us carrying forward a small corner a thread of life stretched less tightly across our muscles and frame where we're going isn't where we've been unease foreign and familiar all over again and again we bake maybe into mission stir elevation with intuition, lean into the hiss of electrical currents coursing inside our layered possibility. Wonderment prickles our excitement. Like the radiant sunrise pouring its colors across the sky, splattering light against drugstore windows and buses into our kitchens and morning cups of tea, we, shine in natural light, in distilled mantras and memory, in fervent imagination and shared history, 414, we have never been here all over again before, creating new days all over again, we are 414, our new day is coming.
0: I love how you picked up that beautiful, you know, invitation to, to ask yourself like what you can do for your country, what you can do for your city. And that's how you convey democracy. And, and that's how you, you know, showcase all of these creatives in your community.
1: Mm. Well, it Congratulations. Gets be, it gets to be art. That gets to be the art as well, you know, of bringing mm-hmm. folks in. And where sometimes you're the material and sometimes you get to make space for them for another conversation. Um, so thank you. You've been so good at that. You have been so good at sharing the stage
0: of bringing other people up onto the stage and finding ways through, you know, community engagement and video documentation, you know, all of these other, you know, creatives in this process. Mm-hmm. You really shared that light. So what do you, what, 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 what do you want to do next? I mean, what's your, what's your, you know, in this, in this year, as you, as you kind of, you know, carry the, the, the responsibility of the fellowship and the position of being concurrent poet laureate of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin. That's I mean, all. That's all. Is there a lot of room for, for that? <laughs>
1: There is actually. And what's interesting is, um, and that's been part of this, this calibration. Um, One of the things that I, that I didn't seek, none of us set out to learn, but we learned a bunch of lessons. But one of the things that shifted in sitting out in that backyard last summer was recalibrating enoughness Mm -hmm. and being and having all of this convergence of projects and work and the laureateships and the fellowships these are none of these are new conversations none of these are new initiatives none of the things these are these are new passions so to be able to settle into into four solid projects that I'm really passionate about that have plenty of moving pieces and in between which I don't have to wonder worry about basic needs which many of our creatives and artists and non-small nonprofits and small art groups do have to process. Um, so yes, I'll be able to focus on these things because it's focusing on these these projects, these initiatives, and not addition to that, also making flyers. And in addition to that, also um, and also and also and also and not that it's less work, but at least it's 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 grouped in a different way, and that's been my you know the working towards that work experience that life work experience and it's here so i'm excited about that so i am really in into this lord the state laureateship project is a poetry exchange and it's essentially so it's a conversation about incarceration ultimately um Mm -hmm. but it's a poetry exchange between traditional writers and then writers who are incarcerated and the it's the element of making those poets; it's th- those poems in exchange. Someone has to print them, someone has to fold them, someone has to mail them, and those are. Um, con- positions that we're look- that we're in partnership to make jobs available. So to contract someone who's formerly incarcerated as project manager. To we're contracting a formerly a team of IT developers who also happen to be just as impacted. We're working with the DOC to offer again guides and training. Um, so internally, the writers inside have workshops and res- resources to participate. So building this this coalition so it's a smooth machine of getting people to write poems and share poems with one another which of course invites a broader discussion there'll be publications there'll be chat books there'll be workshops there um, a lot of things that will happen just in putting this machine in motion so I'm ex- really excited about the conversations I've, that I've been in, the meetings I've had, the willingness, the excitement of from from department from workforce development to print shops to um, uh, writers who are willing to do writing workshops to people who are formerly incarcerated who have gotten out that now are able to actually do work, continue doing work together, to the people who are incarcerated who are finding ways to get me messages anyway on how they're going to participate. It is. It, it's it, i'm giddy with excitement of how this is going to un, is how this is unfolding um as a for creative work i'm giving give my space like little scavenger hunts on how to be surprised with writing so i have these journals of lectures i've sat in on and curious documentaries that have tickled my brain and just going back through those and find and there'll be something that interests me that i'll mm, find some things and study a bit, and they'll turn into poems, some of them do. And I have a, um, a production that I'll be touring that's a conversation about race and um, class called Making Cake. So that's been something that's been in motion and just this year, all of the pins are being put in, in the map to be able to travel with that. So this is creating, it's scribbling poems, it's my weekly little vignettes that are my hundred word stories. And I have a manuscript that I'll spend this summer in the backyard. Finally, coming, getting to final draft, not final draft. That is not accurate. Uh, Completed draft. Not at all close to final. But so I'll be be able to write this.
0: Completing the manuscript. So it it seems for you like it's not a a situation of being a poet who's having this sort of episode of like social engagement and finding. Work to, um, you know, deepen racial justice, to lift up voices of, of folks who are incarcerated, to engage with them at a human level. It's like this is you're you're a mission-driven social sculptor. I mean, it, it's all one. It seems for you. It's, it's it's. I mean, some poets would step into it hesitantly, not at all. But it's the it is this convergence of um that skill and passion with this vision that seems to mm-hmm. really be you you're you're, you're just it's happening now. And how does that we don't have a lot more time but I'm just curious how does Alaska fit into that because you know you've got family here and there and how do you hold all that too? Um the,
1: it works because this journey has been um a journey of moments in the first place, right? So like I mentioned I've come this I've come this far um, from not knowing that this is where I was going. So the trust in the moments that didn't make sense, but I was so clear about why I'm in this project or why I've been invited to be in that physical place or why I'm on this campaign. Those projects get me into conversations, Um, introduce me to people like my whole life partner um, because it makes sense in that moment. So all that being said, it's also not really knowing what the next six months might look like, let alone the next year, let alone the next two, three, four, five. Huh, what's the grant cycle looking like? Then we'll know. So for yeah, me, yeah. it knowing that it's it's playing it by ear a bit. So this year we know I'm back and forth. I've been in I've been in Anchorage for almost six months now. So I came in September for about a month and then I came in December and I've been, I'm heading back to, to Milwaukee at the end of May. So I've told people I was snowboarding backwards. Right. So, (coughs) and I'll, and then I'll, it'll be probably two month chunks or so at a time, largely because of I'll be back for festivals and there's family time here and then it'll be the end of the year. And already I'll, i'll have a tour schedule to contend with so it'll be depending on the depending on the month and the date whether which home which home i'll be at Mm -hmm. so this will be the for me anyway the rhythm for the next couple of years my my Mm my tenure as state port laureate is until next fall Mm -hmm. um and then after that we'll We'll see where the, where the alignment project is. I would love for that to be work that I'm still doing um beyond the the laureateship it, it, t- who knows where this where this tour will go i may maybe making cake will be a show, and I'm doing poems or it into twenty twenty two with this show i I'm not sure i'm not well, sure I suppose
0: it, you know it's got to help that you and your husband are both artists. you're both creative
1: oh my goodness Hamilton
0: is uh, incredibly dynamic and creative person who has this has very shares a lot of passions in terms of um community engagement lifting people up social justice work you know transition from incarceration all the kinds of amazing people that he's
1: yeah that's amazing. all the things mm-hmm. it has yeah. been on a, one and it's the certainly as our relationship, you know, this is for us a second marriage for both of us. And just in the, the lifetimes of relationships we both had, we've we were pinning this one as the last and a reward for all the ones that, that were in place before. And if for, for a lot of reasons, but it's especially been um, such a relief to have a to, to have another creator as a partner. So one a creator who's also a public figure, a creator who's a public figure who also is inclined to um to lean into projects that are that are going to be towards justice and any one of those three things can be a stressor in a relationship but you add all of those three things um, and it just takes a really special pairing so to have someone who can we can appreciate one another's day cycle so I don't, I don't trip about the long nights and he doesn't trip about the thousand people phone numbers and we both understand what it takes to get a project to completion and we all know we're both sensitive about our art so it's helpful we both have had partners where that wasn't the case and you and you have to have a different edge of protection around your craft about your why Um, so yes and then on top of that the work that we're interested in we we have a show that we've created together we do implicit bias training together we had a chance to do one recently that was broadcast on our local on the milwaukee pbs so yes yes it's been a it's been a it's a great journey and we know that there's a lot more to come
0: well, you should sure know how to say yes to life, you know, to, to yes to collaboration, yes to experimentation, yes mm-hmm. to journeying, and and to also just really seizing the moment and being present in it. I wonder if you would, um, if you would send us out with a poem, and it could be something that, you know, you crack a book on, you've got something amazing, you have an amazing website and a beautiful poem right front and center there, if you if you want to bring us to that. But I I, I think, you know, in light of, of an incredibly traumatizing year on so many levels, mm. a year that has just, you know, really pushed us to find um, really, you know, deep-seated resilience and strength to, to find it if we didn't have it. I, I want to say that you inspire me so deeply with your capacity to find joy and to elevate joy and to lift up, Mm. you know, the beauty of the moment. And this moment that we're in right now, you know, it's really special to me that you've taken this time. I want to thank you for that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I always enjoy being in conversation with you because they are that there, we get to be in conversation and explore and, Have some things we're really clear about and still have a lot of fuzzy edges um and i would say that's been something that's been a great gift Um, as a creator as a parent as a partner in the work that we're trying to do to have a lot of uh, the core of a really lot of great sentiment but still allowed to have some fuzzy edges where before we felt we had to show up and everything polished and figured and solves and we're remembering that we were never supposed to have it that way. So I'd like to go out with a piece that's um is fairly new and it's kind of the space that we're in. Um, and I that I've that I've been in of ready but not ready and strong but still kind of, you know, tender and knowing that I am personally and professionally in a transition that I can't necessarily name. And to, to be okay with that. Sometimes those moments can feel like what is wrong with me and what is wrong with us. And not just, and maybe I just haven't figured that part out yet, but to be in that s- sen- that space of transition and, and in individual ways, I am in a global way we are. And so this is a shorter and kind of a, it may not be what you, it may not be a common dasha piece, but it's definitely speaking to the moment we're in liminal. Okay. Waking, dreaming, tasting, sated. Dawn, day, narrowly between approximation and certainty. Following, leading, circling, cycling between, I'm sorry, W-Y-D. Between relinquish and resentment. Gasp, grasping, adjusting, settled. (sighs) Settling, wanting anticipating, figuring, knowing, between flash and passion, deciding, deciding, doing. Having a taste, buyer's remorse. Bliss, shame, release, release. Familiarity, comfort, turned and spun. Conditional, committed, between active and activated. Data and denial. One millibreth breath between implicit and exercise between sundown and end of day.
0: Wow, thank you so much, Daka. Thank you. I'm blowing you a kiss, I'm sending you a great big hug. Recent. And I want to thank you for just all the love that you show for, you know for connecting and for the community that has stretched between us that you've fostered over many years. Thank you. Look mm. forward to talking to you again. Keep up the good
1: work. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really appreciated this space. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Well, we'll be back in a
0: couple of weeks. We're going to talk with Homer Potters about what pushing clay around and centering on the wheel has to teach us about getting through tough times. <laughs> Thank you, Dasha. Take care, bye-bye.